Hi everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Books with Jen. Today it's a slightly shorter episode. Kirsty and I decided that we would sit down and have a chat. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Kirsty Logan. She is an author, she's written five books, two novels, The Gracekeepers and The Gloaming, and three short story collections, The Rental Heart, A Portable Shelter, and Things We Say in the Dark. The last of those three is coming out in October. It's a collection of dark feminist horror stories, and it's great. So when Kirsty was down, um, we had gone to work at the Welcome Li- Library, which we do occasionally because they have great research books on strange medical things and interesting historical things. Um, and then we met up for coffee the next day and we thought we would sit down and have a chat with you all. Um, so I wanted to talk about what it's like to write. I wanted to talk about self-doubt and I wanted to talk about existing in the in-between spaces, the spaces between books. And what I mean by that is not the space between the creation of books, because as Kirsty and I say, that never really happens. Books overlap all the time. But I mean, existing in the space where you're creating a book, but the outside world doesn't know about it yet. So the world effectively is between your books, between those publications, and you're existing in the darkness with your computer writing those books and and what that is like because it's a bit of a strange experience so I hope you enjoyed this chat I'm able to make these podcasts due to the fantastic support of my lovely patrons if you enjoy my podcasts and my videos and would like to throw a dollar in the tip jar that would be very much appreciated if you'd like a transcript of this podcast you can find it over on my youtube channel which I'll link in the show notes and I'll also leave links to Kirstie's books in the show notes down below as well I hope you enjoy it We've just had donuts. I think that is a that is now my prerequisite for recording podcasts is that I must fill myself up with a donut first. So I'm very full of donuts and that's very nice. And we're in the Penguin Flat, which I've never been in before. It's very nice. Yes. It's cosy. I feel very fancy staying here as if I'm a proper author or something. You are a proper author. I know, but I just keep thinking this is not for the likes of me. Oh, we've been having these conversations about <laughs> self-doubt and how neither of us know what we're doing. But we kind of do know what we're doing. Yeah. We do. And also we can champion each other. I like that. And right. then you end up having these conversations where you're so amazed when someone also has self-doubt. You go, what? yes. But you're a proper writer. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> but you, proper. We had this conversation the other day when uh, we were talking about what we consider to be big famous writers that we've met. And they all have self-doubt. And it's just a whole ridiculous system. Yeah, and I'd had a conversation with my agent um, the day before and a very kind of famous successful writer that she represents apparently was complaining that they hadn't achieved as much as some other even more famous and successful oh writer and you think goodness me it just it never ends does it no it doesn't and because we have self-doubt therefore we are writers because that's what writers have congratulations we were, to both of us yeah if we were satisfied with things as they were we would just not make things up i suppose it's true that's <laughs> true <laughs> um so I wanted to have a chat about the in-between spaces, so the spaces between books, which is where we spend, I would say, most of our time, actually. Um, Broadly speaking, like, between the releases of books, that's where we spend Mm. most of our time. But then within that, there are in-between spaces between ideas and trying to figure out what is working. What point are you at right now in the in-between space between your books? That's just so funny. Like, even as you were saying that, I was like, are we ever in-between books? Because the Mm. actual release of a book is such a short space of time and by the time a book is actually published for us it's from years ago you're like oh Oh, I have to reread my books so I can talk (laughs) about it at book events because I'm like oh yeah that is what I wrote because it was several years ago or at least one year ago um and you're on to the next project by then right yeah Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I've got a book coming out 
<clears throat> Halloween this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right? But I mean, I started that book mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. So to me, that's Kirsty from two years ago. Mm-hmm. It, that's her brain. And I feel like I'm such a different person now. Yeah. And, but it's, it's always going to be like that. And then I'm never, I'm never not working on a book. So I'm already, I'm working on a novel now, like actually working on it as in I have begun writing it. Yeah. But then I'm also making notes and planning for about another three or four books which will be kind of a long time in the making. So I always say, you know, I research books for three or four years, which sounds like a long time, but it's not as if every day I'm sitting down yes. eight hours a day researching. It's like, you, it's just in your head. And then maybe somebody says something, or maybe you see a painting or see something in a film or hear a song or something. And you think, oh, I can use that. So it's just this sort of gathering of notes and inspirations and colors and different things and it sort of by the time in a few years that you actually sit down to write it's all coalesced and feels more complete it's such a messy thing and I'm obsessed I'm, I don't know about you I'm obsessed with these um books about how to write and I nearly borrowed from the library the other day a book called how to write your first novel yeah and then I thought I can't do that because I know all the librarians and they're going to look at me like <laughs> What are you doing? Kirsty, you did that already. <laughs> yeah, but it's... You can't help feeling like, there must be an easier way. Yes, exactly. That there must be some kind of method or trick out there that someone's not told you. Mm-hmm. That's true. But you, you go back to what you're saying. So you feel like you're a collector of things. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And you feel like the things that you collect... I think we're like magpies, right? We're always looking for pretty things and ideas and things to... Not steal. Use. Yes. Utilise. 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 Mm-hmm. Borrow. Reimagine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> like walking <laughs> to sources. <laughs> no, but like you never steal anything wholesale. Oh, God, no. But it's just these little bits of things. Little, little bits. Little pretty things um, that you can shine a different kind of light on. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like when you're collecting and you have lots of projects future projects in mind, you then try to work out where the pretty thing can go, like which project is that suitable for. Yeah, all the time. And I also have a big notebook of stuff that I don't know exactly where it will go yet. Mm. So I spend a lot of time, you know, researching things. And it's basically just read books and then if something's interesting, you write it down and maybe you can see what it'll fit into and maybe you can't. But then you never know. You never know what will spark something in the future. Can you remember... uh, that kind of moment for a book that's already out, something that you discovered where you thought, that's a big thing that I hadn't thought of before. That's yeah. Me. I remember for The Grace Keepers, there were a few moments like that. So I remember the initial idea was when I was on a boat and I saw a life boy kind of thing mm. over a, like a cage over a light. It looked like a bird cage. That's how that started. Yeah. And then different elements all came together as well like I remember I was actually believe it or not really far through the book before Kalanish had gills oh okay which is stupid because that's the whole point of the book (laughs) yeah but sometimes points of books elude us (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I was really I was more than halfway through the book Mm. and I had been reading a different book um where it wasn't gills that the character had she had some other element to her uh physical self I think she had a limp or something Mm. and I was just kind of thinking about that that's really interesting I think um it's interesting the way that that physical difference is used within Mm. the story and then it just suddenly came to me oh you idiot of course that should be in this book it makes everything come together it makes everything make sense so quite often it's not till I'm quite far through Mm. that I realize 
what I'm actually saying or yeah. what the point of it is. You can unlock something. I think that's a fun thing about writing is that you can uh, plant Easter eggs later. Like mm-hmm. when you figured something out, almost like you're the reader of your own book and you're like, oh, yes, okay, so in order for that to be true, I must travel back in time and uh, put these little pointers in. I mean, we like everyone to think that we have it all figured out from the beginning and that, you know, yeah. actually, I don't want people to think that. I don't want to think, because I don't want people to think that, because uh, that sounds easy, writing is not mm. easy, it's the case of discovery and unearthing things and then building, making a mess, as you say, yeah. and then tidying up. You're like building a high wall from scratch every time mm-hmm. and like you always think, oh it's going to be easier this time, but you still always have to start right at the bottom, yeah. putting the basic layer on, this is not a very good metaphor, but you know, it, I always think it'll be easier next time. And it sort of never is, but maybe it shouldn't be, because then you're pushing yourself every time. And we were saying this when we sit down to write a new book. We forget how to do it entirely. <laughs> I literally forgot. I went, and I was so excited. I'd been wanting to start this new novel for ages. Mm. In September, I had this residency. I was really looking forward to it. I was like, I'm so ready. I'm so ready to begin. I've got all my notes. I know exactly what the first few chapters are going to be. And then the very first day I sat down at my laptop and literally had forgotten how to write a sentence. I wonder if writing a book is like giving birth. You know how they say that you forget the pain, otherwise you would never do it again? <laughs> I think that's it. You forget because otherwise you wouldn't do it. You just wouldn't. So no. you always sit down and we're like, okay, so we do this again. How do we do this again? How do we do that? What's that like? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, there's like a split self thing, isn't it, between the the person or the life you have to lead while you're writing a book and then what it's like when you're promoting said book obviously you are still the same person and you're just utilizing yourself in a different kind of way but I do find it very strange especially if I'm working on a book while which I we both probably always are Mm -hmm. writing a different book while promoting one because there's such different headspaces and different ways of being um that actually I find don't help each other do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have two um, two pictures of myself in my head. Okay. And one is Tilda Swinton as the Ice Queen. Yes. Which is who I try and be when I'm promoting. Mm-hmm. So when I go on stage, I try and think, Tilda Swinton as the Ice Queen. And you always wear fabulous dresses. Always. That helps yeah. me to kind of get into yeah. character, I guess. Yes. I mean, it is me, but it's a more elegant... Uh, unruffled me because I am quite a ruffled person crying at our writing desk exactly and now the other part of me Mm. which to be honest is the 90% part of me is Gollum (laughs) 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 Um, and that's who I feel I am inside okay Um, just this kind of like gnarled little apologetic creature in the dark yeah (laughs) that's what I think I am so in my in my moments where my confidence is shaken, I, I literally feel like hunching into myself and just like retreating into a little cave. Yeah. Um, and that's who I feel like I am most of the time. Nice. Yeah. I know people usually laugh when I say that. I'm waiting for the day when someone goes, oh yeah, I can see that. You do look like Gollum. <laughs> no, you do not. You do not look like Gollum at all. I okay. Can. I'm waiting. It'll come one day. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? You wouldn't think that a person can be the ice queen and golem, but I think that's who we are. We're this kind of public-facing person and we want to be so unruffled and elegant and, well, that's who I want to be anyway. But then mm. to be a writer, I don't think you can write 
well, I can't write elegantly and unruffledly. I have to be a bit of a little creep in a cave to write because you have to go inside yourself and look at the kind of unpleasant parts of yourself that you don't really like in order to write, I think. In order to understand humans and therefore write about them. Yeah, because otherwise you're just writing about people who are pure surface all the time. Yeah. Which is very boring. It's very boring and people are not like that. No. No. Well, I hope not. hope not. I don't know people like that. We're looking at each other. We kind of do know people like that. Yeah, I'm. It's my 2019 is my year of positivity. I'm not going to deal with people like that. No, leave them behind. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, can you tell us a little bit about the kind of research that you're doing? So, we spent a day at the Welcome Library, which is a lovely place. You should all go there. Don't all go there because we would like to get a table there. But you know, go. Some yeah. of you can go there. Um, what did you find out when you were researching there the other day? Well, so I was researching middle-aged women mm. in the Middle Ages, mm. which, delightfully, there were two books about that. You wouldn't have thought that there would be, but yeah. um, the, the breadth of people's research interests is a constant delight to me. Um, so I learned a lot about that and about how we how medieval people thought of time. Of course, we can never really know because um, particularly poor people left no records, so we can never really know what yeah. people thought but um a lot of scholars are saying that medieval people thought of time differently so you know there's lots of the memento mori i don't know if you've seen those pictures of the skeletons dancing or skeleton parades there were lots of relics saints oh, yeah, relics yeah. um things like that so the the sort of line between life and death was seen as a bit more porous mm. than we might think of it there were you know passion plays and plays where people came back from the dead and things so um, well, that makes sense, that. though, isn't it? I mean, lack of, um, I guess, scientific answers, but also death was so much more a part of society. People died at home; like mm-hmm. they weren't carted off to a hospital somewhere. Um, death was cliche, a part of life. Yeah, I mean, people would have seen birth and death, yeah, more so than we yeah. have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was interesting. I also was at the V&A, and I learned about glass. Mm-hmm. And I learned that if you don't, if you just make glass and don't add anything to it, it's green. And if you want it to be clear, you add a thing to it. I don't know what it, can't remember the name of it. But if you add too much, it goes pink. So that's why you get oh. so much green and pink glass. Interesting. Yeah, which I liked. Thank you for the knowledge. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I can't remember the names of anything. That's such a typical writer thing. It is. I mean, I, I'm like, I found out this amazing thing. Let me tell you about it in a very non-specific way. <laughs> guy in this year yeah. and he did this thing and I know all about the thing but I don't know who did it or when. But that's why we're storytellers because yeah. we just fill in the gaps with other stuff. Yeah well because also now that I'm researching um, medieval times and every time I try and talk to someone who knows mm. a lot about it they say well, well what, what period are you looking at because it's a long, obviously yeah. it covers a long time period and I'm not really, it's not set in a specific time. Like I'm not a historian so. It's, no I'm doing my own, it's not historical fiction it's sort of fantastical fiction but set in the past but yeah it's, I think it's because the real world is very messy and mm. it doesn't tell us a neat story whereas we want to tell a neat story so yeah. like a lot of witches in the book and there are witch trials but all that came much later kind of 1600s yeah. really if we're talking the more organized witch trials which doesn't suit my narrative so I'm like yeah chuck it in yeah it's fiction it's fiction I'm not saying it's historically accurate in any way good <laughs> 
<laughs> I always say that, like nothing that I do, you know, if you're going to find factual uh, problems with it, I'm fine with that. I mean, I remember saying to my friend Jean, I was like, I've just read this great book. And in this in this book, there was this thing about like the relationship between a grandmother and a grandfather. And I told it to her and she went, that wasn't in the book. That's my grandparents. And oh. I told you that story last week. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Sometimes yeah. the stories just, you know, they just blend together. I quite often don't know if I've been to a specific place yeah. or I've read about read about it or I've seen it in a film or I've just imagined it and that's troubling. No, it just means that we exist in all the creative spaces equally. <laughs> we have very vivid inner lives. Yeah. I mean I said that in the podcast I did with Anna Maria, I used to live a live I used to lie in my diary when I was younger. I thought I could trick my younger self, my older self. I thought like it, I didn't even make up anything interesting. I would just embellish my day slightly. And so I thought when I came back and read the book when I was older that I would think I was really cool. And but I read it and I was like, oh no, that didn't happen. Like I remembered, obviously. But yeah, that's why we write fiction, right? Wow. <laughs> I, did, I never did that. But that's interesting. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> just just so you know. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to wrap this up because okay. both of us have to go <laughs> do other but uh, do some work. Um so Do our actual jobs. Do our actual jobs. So where can people find you, Kirsty? Because you have a podcast too. I do Plug have a podcast. podcast. My podcast is called Teenage Scream, mm-hmm. and it is about 90s teen horror, um, point horror, goosebumps, fear street. Um, we're also going to start doing some films, like nice. Urban Legend, I Know What You Did Last Summer, things like that. Um, and I do that with the writer, Heather Parry, and I love it, and it's great. Uh, well, I think it's great. <laughs> I enjoy doing it. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram. I'm Kirsty Logan on everything. And my website is also kirstylogan.com. Amazing. And tell it before we go, tell us a little about your short, your short story collection that's coming out in October. Uh, it's out on Halloween. It's called Things We Say in the Dark. And it is a book of dark feminist horror stories. And it's amazing. Get excited. Thank you. I wrote some of it with you there. In the you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I take credit? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say not? I co-wrote it. There we go. I sat next to you. <laughs> I weirdly do remember I did have a character in one of my other books called Jen. Oh, I get so many messages about that. By like a massive coincidence. Yeah. I get emails a lot because there's a non-player character in World of Warcraft called Kirsty Logan. Oh. It's not me. It's nothing to do with me. Massive coincidence. That's a shame. Well, no. I can pretend it is me, but it's not. <laughs> she she lives in Booty Bay. Booty Bay. She's a pirate. Let's go there. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Books with Jen. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, there are 22 episodes for you to catch up with. If you enjoy it, as I said, it would mean a lot if you could consider throwing a dollar in the tip jar. If you would like to review the podcast or leave a rating wherever you happen to be listening to the podcast, that's also very much appreciated as well. I'll speak to you guys very soon. Lots of books, love. Bye.